Little did I know that we wouldn't be back the next week. And so, <clears throat> I've chosen this song till the storm passes by. And hopefully it's not a mistake. Because I believe that it's a very touching song. It tells us a story about life. If you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4. As I worked on this sermon, I looked to see if I could find a history about this song, and I could not find any history on this song. But I think that one of the unique things that you see in that song is it's a personal song. Because there's a lot of I and me's in that song. It's about our need, my need. That we need God in difficult times. And I would think that most of us would certainly say that there are storms in our lives that we deal with. And God helps us in those difficult times. Beginning in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, it says, In the same day, when the eve was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat upon that ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and saith unto him, or say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the winds and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner is this? Or what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey Him. As far as I know, this story has absolutely nothing to do with the song. But I thought that it was kind of important for us to realize that there are storms that arise. And in this particular case, we see a storm that took place when Jesus was going to the other side and a lot of other little boats were in that water. But Jesus is calmly sleeping in the back of the boat. And the storm is vicious. It sounds like the ship or the boat is taking on water. And they're afraid. And you have to remember that these were fishermen, so they're used to being out on a boat and fishing. And they were afraid. And so they go and wake up Jesus. And we read it, and I can't imagine that they said it very calmly because they were afraid. But they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he rebuked the wind and said, Peace be still. And there was a great calm. And the disciples were amazed at Him. And the Bible says they feared exceedingly. What kind of person is this that even the winds and the waves obey Him? I don't know why this is recorded. 
But I would imagine it was to show us the power that Jesus had over nature. That He had the power to stop a storm in the middle of it. But I think that there's another lesson for us there also. And that is that when you're in the boat or in the ship with Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. The song goes like this in the first verse. In the dark of the midnight, have I oft hid my face while the storm howls about me, above me, and there's no hiding place. In the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. As I looked up this song and tried to find some history on it, there's a verse at the top of the song And then there was another verse in an article that I looked at that had the song in it. The verses are Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. As I said, the song, I'm not sure what his meaning was or what was behind or what his motive was in writing this song. But I think that we can see that he's talking about storms that are taking place in our lives. And at some point, the storm is coming to the end of his life. And he realizes that he's going to stand in the presence of God. And the point of the song is don't be afraid. Be not dismayed, for God is with us. The other passage of Scripture was Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 4. And it says, For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible one is as a storm against the wall. You think about that. If you've ever seen some of the waves in the ocean and there's a seawall and that wave hits that wall, you see the big burst of the water. You see the power of the water. God is our refuge. He's our refuge in that storm. And I think most of us understand that there are symbols that are being used that God speak is speaking of the or is speaking of the enemies of God and of their vain attempt to overcome the poor and the needy in that particular verse of Isaiah. And life sometimes can be tough. I think most of us, if we've lived any length of time in this world, we realize that it can be tough, and that there are struggles that we all must face. And sometimes those struggles are more difficult than other times. And there are times that we may be tempted to give up. And it's at those times that we need to realize that God is still with us. That He's still in control. And sometimes we look at life and we say that it's not fair. I hear that from people from time to time. It's just not fair what's happening to me. I want you to realize... God's never told anybody, never told us that life would be easy. 
He's never told us that there would be no challenges or, or struggles. And He's never even told us that life would be fair while we're here on this earth. In Job chapter 14 and verse 1, it says, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of troubles. How true that is. Sometimes it seems like you get out of one problem and you get that settled and things start looking good and another one pops up. And it seems as I've heard from many people say they wish 2020 would just end and go away. Because this year it just seems like one thing after another has taken place. In James chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, My brother, count it all joy when, I, when ye fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Those struggles happen and things happen to us and there are difficulties that we have to face. And we can use those things to make us better, stronger individuals, or we can allow it to drive us away from God. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, it says, Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Problems come our way. Things may get worse. Troubles may become more severe. But don't forget who our refuge is. The song says, Have I oft hid my face when the storms howl above me and there's no hiding place. There are times that our problems seem so insurmountable that we want to hide. Get away from people. I've known that there's been people that things are happening in their lives and they've said, I just like to get away, go away, get away from everybody. Yes, they want to get away from their friends, they want to get away from their family, and yes, they even want to get away from their brothers and sisters in Christ. They want to be alone. And sometimes it's good to be alone because it gives you time to reflect and time to think. But I want us to realize that there's no place that we can hide. There is no hiding place. Because God's always with us. We want to hide. Amid the crash of the thunder. And sometimes all we can do is cry out to God. We have a refuge from the storm. A shadow from the heat when the blast of the terrible one is as a storm against the wall. In Psalm chapter 61, listen to what the psalmist says beginning in verse 1. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. For the end of the earth will I cry unto Thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For Thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from mine in, or from the enemy. The psalmist is crying out and he realizes he wants to be in a higher place, a higher, stronger place. And he's crying out to God and God's the only one that can help. And there are times in our lives where no one can do anything for us except for God. 
And we need to trust Him. Trust Him with our lives. Trust Him with our cares. Just trust Him. The good news is we have a refuge. And He is there to care for us. Psalms 121 is a passage of Scripture that I, I, I always go to in my own trials when I have difficult times. When I'm faced with a challenge... Because it just reminds me, and maybe this is not the intent, but I'll tell you as I go what I think. In Psalms 121, beginning in verse 1, it says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hill, from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. When I look at that passage of Scripture, when I look at just that portion of Scripture, I look at like God's like the Calvary. You see them old movies where someone's pinned in, they're pinned down and there's no way out, and the Calvary comes in and saves the day. That's the way I look at God, that He is my Calvary, that when there's a problem that I can't handle, there's a problem that I, I'm struggling with, that God's going to come and He's going to help me. But it goes on. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. What do I think about in that passage of Scripture? I think of a mother who has a sick child. And that child is maybe has a fever and, and obviously not feeling well. Can't sleep. Who is it that stays up with that child at night? It's mom. She'll rock that child. She'll hold that child. She'll do all that she can to comfort that child. She will even forego sleep. But I know that there's been mothers that have done that and they are almost falling asleep trying to struggle to stay awake because of the challenge that they have before them. Listen. God does not sleep. God does not slumber. He never gets into that state where He can barely keep His eyes open because He's so exhausted. He's always there to help. He's my Calvary. He's my Savior, Comforter. Verse 4, Behold, He... Or verse 5, The Lord is thy Keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul, and the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Again, we've had some very hot days. And some of those days I would be out in the garden, I'd be working in that garden. And it would be very hot. And it was always good to have some shade. Why? Why is shade good? Because you get hot in the sun, you can, become a, you can suffer a heat stroke if you're out there too long. But to get over into the shade, you find comfort. You find uh, 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 coolness. And there again, we see a description of what God can do for us. That He's my comfort in the heat. In the sun, God is there. He's that shade at the end of the road. And that's what God is. In Romans chapter 8, verse beginning of verse 16, 
It says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When we look at all of the struggles and trials and things that we go through in this life, look at what we can become. Look how it helps us to be better people, stronger people. You see, it's easy to say how much faith we have. It's easy to say how much we trust God. But if we're never tested, if we never have a challenge that we have to face, we don't really know how strong we are. And sometimes in those tests, guess what? We fail. But what do we do? We get up and we try again. We try to do do what's right. We try to grow. We try to learn from it. Think of all the things that we can learn from what's taking place in our world today that's affected you and me. The Bible tells us that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. We realize that God can make good things happen for us. Even out of tragedy, even out of disappointing things that take place, God is there. Then the next verse of the song says this, Many times Satan whispers, There's no need to try, for there's no end of sorrow. There's no hope by and by. But I know that Thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise where the storms never darken the skies. I don't know about you, but I have not heard the voice of Satan in my ear. But I know that he's very active in this world today. And he uses discouragement and doubt to try to get us to give up. As I mentioned this morning, that we need to put on the whole armor of God. Why? That we need to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the devil uses discouragement and doubt to try to get us to feel defeated. And I'm sure that many times we've asked the question, or we've asked the question ourselves, why bother? Why continue doing what we're trying to do? What we're supposed to be doing? Why go ahead and continue living this life? I look out there and I can see people that I know that are wicked and evil and they seem to be blessed and everything's going great and rosy for them. And here I am, I'm trying to do what's right and everything's just bad. Or it seems bad. And so we're tempted to give up. And maybe there's someone in your life like Job had that just says, curse God and die. Why are you bothering with that? Why do you go to church two or three times a week? Why do you do that? Why not just give in? Our adversary will use discouragement and doubt to get you to give up. And that's exactly what took place in that first sin that we talked about this morning. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Satan wanted Eve to believe that God was holding back. She wanted, he wanted Eve to believe or doubt God that what He had said was not true. That in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. He wanted her to doubt God. And brethren, let me remind us all that the devil still wants us all to doubt God today. And when we face the storms of life, many people give up. Listen to David when he was delivered from his enemies in Psalms chapter 18 and verse 2 beginning. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. David realized that there were things in his life that were taking place that were challenges to him. He realized death was around him. And ungodly men, as he said, made him afraid. But where did he turn when that took place? He turned to God. And he knew that God was his rock, his fortress, his deliverer, his strength. And I will trust him. That should be our motto in our life. That no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what storm we face, I will trust God to help me get through this. The song goes on to state, but I know that Thou art with me. And what a blessing it is to know that as a Christian, that God is with us. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What a blessing it is to know that the God of this universe, the Creator of this universe, the Sustainer of life, cares about me. And He cares about you. And if we're a child of His, if we are a New Testament Christian, then He never will forsake us. You and I must be determined to overcome whatever Satan may use to try and stop us. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, "...whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world." And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I looked at those men on that boat as it was taking on water and the storm was all around them. And Jesus is in the back of the ship asleep. And they wake Him up and what does He say? 
says they have no faith. Would our reaction be any different than what those disciples' reaction was? They had no faith. Now why? Why would they have no faith? They'd been in a storm. They knew what a storm could do. They knew that they could die. Why would Jesus say no faith? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus was in that ship. Jesus was in that boat. And He came to die for our sins. And sometimes those apostles or disciples, at the time, disciples, didn't always trust what Jesus said. Just like us. There was no way that boat was going to sink because Jesus was going to die on a cross. And it had been prophesied. They knew or should have known. And so that's where their faith stumbled with their lack of trust in what God's Word had said. In Revelation chapter 21, and verse 7, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, beginning, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There isn't anything that can separate us from the love that Christ has for us. The song says, And tomorrow I'll rise where the storms never darken the sky. In Psalms chapter 30 and verse 4, it says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks as a remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endureth for a moment, and His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We may weep during our life here on this earth because of the struggles and trials and difficulties that we have. But our joy comes in the morning. In John chapter 5, beginning in verse 28, it says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. When we come to the end of this life, we're going to stand before our Maker. We realize from this passage of Scripture that all are going to come forth out of the grave. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 15, it says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. There's a great day coming. Another song. Where we'll answer to God. And we're going to stand in His presence on that day, in His presence of Christ, and be judged. Because it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So there's going to be a judgment. Let me stand in thy presence on that bright, peaceful shore. Jesus gives us a picture of a judgment scene in Matthew chapter 25. Beginning in verse 14, He says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made, made them another five talents. And likewise, he that received two talents, he also gained two other, other two. But he that received the one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And as he had received... And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. We want to hear those words. In order to stand on that peaceful shore with our Lord for eternity, we need to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. And when we hear those words, we can stand forever with our Lord on that peaceful shore. But if we're unfaithful here on this earth, when we stand before Him on that day, the answer is going to be found in what's said after those verses. Because going on down verse 24, it says, Then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast what is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reaped where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtst therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him that hath the ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken. 
away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We don't want to hear those words. Depart from me. As the song says, I want to stand on that peaceful shore with my Lord. Let me stand in Thy presence on that bright, peaceful shore. In that land where the tempest never comes, Lord, may I dwell with Thee when the storm passes by. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13, it says, And I heard a voice say from heaven, saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, stay at the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Brethren, where do we get the idea that heaven is going to be the perfect home? We know Jesus went to prepare us a place But I want you to listen to what it says in Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And He shall dwell with them, and they shall be His people. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. When we get to that place, it's a place that we cannot even imagine. There's been so many tears and sorrows here on this earth that it's hard to even imagine a place where all of our tears could be wiped away. The Bible says God can do that and that He will do that. And that there will be no more death, no more separation, neither sorrow, no more crying, neither shall there be any more pain where the former things are passed away. Till the storm passes over. Till the thunder sounds no more. Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast. Let me stand. In the hollow of Thy hand, keep me safe. Till the storm passes by. Let's stand and sing.